after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. We are bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right, we are here to talk about TV commercials. The good ones, and the bad ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. Performing better? Well, that could be fun. My name is Andrew Walsh, I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Genevieve Haz. Hi, Andrew. Thieves. Some things are just too good to be true. Oh, yeah? I still have that Uma commercial on my mind from last <laughs> week. Remember this thing? I know you do. You put the whole show together. It involved a, I guess it's like a not-so-smart speaker that sits on your <laughs> we, desk. We still don't know exactly what it is, how it works, how you use it. You're supposed to be able to make free long-distance phone calls on your landline, which is something that everybody's scrambling to do in 2021. Yes. But there is... <laughs> A listener named Andrew who posted um, an ad for it, like a mobile ad, not a commercial, that, here, I'm just going to read it to you right now, and I'll tell you how this has launched the idea for today's show. Andrew saw this Uma commercial and took a screen cap of it. You see a, you see a guy, I don't know, youngish, youngish side of middle-aged guy reading a book. I, I don't know what he's supposed to represent. I guess he, he looks kind of with it. He's got a lot of books by his chair. And he's kind of got like, you know, he's sitting in a modern chair and he's got fresh sneaks on. But he's sitting next to a landline phone while he's flipping through a book. And it says, get crystal clear calling in Canada. They're like, this guy reads books, not e-readers. So yeah. he seems like someone who probably would want to use a landline. Yet he's kind of got he's kind of got a sharp look to him, too. So he's not he's not this isn't your grandpa's landline or your grandpa's books. Get crystal clear calling in Canada for free. And then it says phone service, $0 a month, asterisk, you only pay applicable monthly taxes and fees. So, okay, taxes is one thing. I understand that, like, the company isn't taking it. But, like, couldn't I just create any service or product and say it's free? All you have to do is pay the fee. <laughs> fee. So, <laughs> Andrew posted this and just said, um... You know, doesn't sound free to me. Also, it says Umatello Air costs one hundred and twenty nine ninety nine, but it was really this idea that yeah, we offer a free service. All you have to do is pay the fees. Now, yeah, it just it's a huge startup fee and then a monthly fee, right? Right. But other than that, it's totally free. Exactly. Listener Glenn did, by the way, have some information about this. I'll get to why I'm bringing this up now at the top of the show. Glenn says. The Uma Tello, advice, Tello device is something known as an analog telephone adapter. It connects to your existing analog telephone, to your home internet service. Um, it's the same sort of device that Vonage uses for their voice over IP service. The unique feature of their service is that they claim there is no recurring monthly charge to use it. However, in the fine print, they do charge taxes and fees, some of which go directly to the company. Uh, here in my state of Alabama, it's $7 per month for phone service. So $7 per month is not um, its not bad, but it's not free, no. right? Okay, so where am I going with this, counselor? Um, I am thinking about claims and commercials that are just a little bit too good to be true. Mm -hmm. And I started Googling around on that, and I found an article, a, a nice timely article from 
10 years ago from 2011 from Time Magazine uh, entitled, and I'll get this uh, right here, the Too Good to Be True Product Hall of Fame. So they went through a bunch of products and services that made claims, many of them in televised commercials, and then had to slow their roll, or in some cases, roll back their claims. So yeah. I tracked down commercials for some of these things, and it was quite a trip. I'm, ex- I'm excited to share these with you, and also how they then corrected their language uh, going forward. So that's today's show, Too Good to Be True. Plus, we're, we're going to check in with you guys, the Ad Council. Um, I really feel like, and it wasn't just from the UMA show, we have dubious claims on the mind this week, Veeves. It's not just me. We have listeners writing in about claims of vitamins and beer back in the old days. <laughs> I got an email from somebody who feels betrayed by one of the seltzer commercials we talked to and is now wondering if everything they're seeing in advertising is just a lie. Yeah, it's really turned their world upside down. I know. So we're all on the same page. Me, you, the ad counselor. So we will get into all of that. First, though, I did want to start, Veeves, with a commercial that caught my eye um, today. I don't Oh, I know why this came to my attention. There was something in this article I was reading about dubious claims called like Dr. Clark's zapper. It was supposed to zap things in your body and potentially eliminate or prevent cancer. I couldn't find any commercials for it, but let's just say that they had to um, correct their claims on that after (laughs) some sort of lawsuit. But in looking for the Zapper commercial, I came across a different Zapper commercial. This is for a place called Zappers, which is apparently a chain, maybe a small chain that that was only around in, I believe, New York State called Zappers. This commercial could not be more 90s with its vibe. It's got intense colors. All the cameras are at weird angles and there's some fisheye and it's just, it's got a a lot of intensity to it. Yeah. And the main spokesman in here, tell me if you, he's like Dan Aykroyd playing a schlubby teenager character once he was already in his 40s, sort of. Just take a listen to this, and then afterwards you can tell me how well I got this description and what else I need to let the listeners know to appreciate how bananas this is. The world of electronic games. Did you know that Zappers carries not only new, but used games? Why buy one new game when you can probably buy a couple of used games for the same amount? We're talking bargains here! Zappers, serious game. Okay, so you're saying, where can I get the money for these used games? Well, Zappers is ready to buy your old games so that you may have ready cash to buy new old games. It's called stimulating the economy through video games. Is it just me or does this make sense? Zappers, stop. What do you think? That is super bananas. I will say, I get, I, I understand where you're coming from with the Dan Aykroyd, and there's something about the voice. But what it really says to me is, if you somehow fused uh, '90s Jack Black with '80s John Cusack. Yes, there's some Cusack he's got, vibes, like, the and dark, that's the other thing he's I was got the trying brown, to. Yes, yes, uh, sunglasses. That's very Cusacky. Um, and but he's also got a real Jack Black vibe. Yes, so I think yes. it's like some weird uh, Jack Black. John Cusack hybrid. Yeah, so I still feel like the Aykroyd's in there, though, too. Something because Aykroyd used to have the spiky hair like that. Like, if Aykroyd was doing an imitation <laughs> of Jack Black doing an imitation of John Cusack, that's that's where I'll land on that. I tried pulling some um, drops for the top of the show, but it is such a noisy sound. Yeah. You, you cannot isolate it. It's very bad on the old earballs. It's for bad sure. on everything. Yeah. It's bad on everything involved. All right, let's get into this. Oh, 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 oh,
Okay, like I said, um, this is from a 2011 article from Time Magazine, or the Time website, I should say. I'm looking here. I'm stalling. Can I give a byline for a reporter? No, this is just one of those like click-through yeah. um, slideshow things. The byline is time.com. Right, the byline is all the interns. Yes, exactly. And uh, and it's interesting, though. So this one, I didn't know about this unless it's one of those things that I did know about because we <laughs> talked about it on the show. We did do a show about um, commercials that resulted in lawsuits. Oh, this is very close then. Yeah. Although these are a lot of these weren't lawsuits. Some of these were... Um, just FTC claims, yeah. uh, you know, saying, hey, you got to watch your language there. Literally, you got to change what your language is in your commercials. Um, the first one, though, is from Listerine. Did we talk about the fact that Listerine used to claim that it could prevent and cure colds and sore throats? It doesn't ring a bell. This goes back to the 1970s. In fact, this commercial on YouTube claims to be from 1970. You see some... Um, boys, presumably brothers, kind of horsing around, getting ready to run outside. I believe it's snowing outside. And their mom's like, you're not going outside until you've had your Listerine. Look, man, it's snowing! Let's not start a big ape. Hold it. Before you guys go anywhere, you're going to gargle with Listerine. I haven't got bad breath. I know, I know. Every time it snows, it seems you guys catch colds. Yeah, but so do you and Dad. And we can't stop them. But this year, we're going to all fight back with lots of sleep, good food, and Listerine twice a day. That means I can't stay home from school. Exactly. That's the whole idea. Now, last one into the bathroom is a big ape. But big apes don't have to gargle. No, only little apes. This cold season, fight back with Listerine antiseptic. There's so much happening in this story. Yeah, they really love the idea of the last one, there's a big ape. Yes, and I, I they do. The whole family loves that saying. And there's just so much exposition and, like, family life happening in that. Like, I understand that, you know, commercials every, like, always tell a little story. Mm-hmm. But I, you should really check this out. And we'll post, of course, post it to the Facebook group because... The setting is is kind of unusual. It's not a gen, it's not a very generic looking kids room. It looks like very specific. I mean, it looks like it's done on location somewhere, not like on a sound stage. Um, and it's just there's so much like family. Yeah, it's like an attic bedroom. Yeah, which I kind of like it's got the peaked ceilings. It's just like very. There's a lot of specificity here that I find charming. Mm-hmm. I actually like this bedroom a great deal. It might even be more like a playroom because there's um, like, no, I guess there's bunk beds in there. Now I'm just really drilling down <laughs> on this. But it looks like my idea. Like, I love the fact that it's like up in the attic, it looks like. But there's also like, uh, a, they're playing checkers on it's a, a really big table in the busy, middle of the room. It's very busily decorated. It's a decorated. little claustrophobic. And there's a uh, bathroom right off it. An en suite bath. I know. For this, uh, for this uh, kids room. That so, seems cool. Anyway, Vives, do you know what Listerine won't do? Uh, prevent colds and coughs. Yes, you got that right. According to uh, the Time magazine, in 1976, the FTC declared that health claims were bogus, forced the manufacturer to spend $10 million on ads that read, contrary to prior advertising, Listerine will not help prevent colds or sore throats or lessen their severity. Now, I wasn't sure if they had released like ads that did nothing but say that. Yeah. Like uh, you can almost see like the plain, they wouldn't spend much money on it, right? Plain black screen, white text or whatever. 
I did find a commercial that this is supposedly from 1978, so this would be from a couple of years after the FTC ruling. Um, this is just a commercial that advertises Listerine's, you know, breath freshening attributes and whatnot. And then you do hear the line, I don't know, about halfway I through. I wonder if Listerine went to the trouble of after they got there, spent their $10 million on the ads that they were required to by the FTC, if they then kind of went to the trouble of scrubbing those from the record. Mm. You know, you'll see this a lot, uh, or occasionally anyway, with an ad, I think this might have happened with the Peloton ad that made everybody mad. Oh, yeah. Where it gets so much, it becomes controversial in some way or it insp- or it gets makes people mad about something. And so, like, if you go to iSpot, uh, for example, now, sometimes the com- it, will, it will say, like, this commercial has been removed at the yeah. request of the advertiser. Now, it's a lot harder to scrub it in today's day and age completely because if, if you have a commercial that's really controversial... Yeah, you can usually find somebody's it. Somebody's got it out but there. But they might have done their level best to keep it, to keep that, once they were no longer required to show it, they yeah. may have tried to, like, scrub the the record of it. And I could see, again, this is the 70s. Like, things weren't archived right. in the same way. Everything wasn't digital. And um, these were probably just, cr- again, my assu- I, I'm kind of making a lot of assumptions here, but my assumption is that they were probably not very well-made yes. ads. They didn't, and they didn't go to the trouble of making to- them engaging, exactly. I'm sure. But here's a Listerine commercial from 1978. Where will you be when your mouthwash stops working? The new neighbors! Now, let me say what happened. So it looks like there's a couple. They're moving into a house. They're unpacking boxes. The doorbell rings. They see it's the new neighbors. And and the woman says, ah, the new neighbors. But as she says it, a cloud of green gas comes out of her <laughs> mouth, representing bad breath, which I think is weird because isn't list. Oh, back then, Listerine was yellow, right? Yeah. Okay, because I was going to say, don't use the color of your mouthwash to represent a gas cloud. The new neighbors. Breath, honey. But I should have used Listerine. Listerine works hours longer than the number two mouthwash. While Listerine will not help prevent colds or sore throats or lessen their severity, Listerine's strong formula keeps your breath clean for hours. It kills the germs that can cause bad breath. We're going to like it here. Listerine antiseptic. You can bet your breath on it. You can bet your breath on it. I love how dire the uh, the bad breath is. Like yeah. her husband's so revolted by her bad breath. I know, and he's really just calling it out yeah. right there. Yeah. Do you remember the Easy Tone shoes from Reebok? Vaguely, yeah. You put these on. They were targeted, I think, exclusively or certainly heavily towards women. Yep. And it was very explicit claims. They said that wearing these shoes, just wearing them around, will help tone your your muscles, your calves, and specifically your butt. In fact. These commercials are way more cheeky than I remembered. There's like a kind of a there's like kind of a spokes model for this and in they kind of break the fourth wall a little bit. The commercial begins with her just finishing getting her her makeup applied by somebody on set and then she's walking around the sort of just kind of somewhat plain set with uh, tennis shoes on display talking about the attributes of Reebok Easy Tone, but the camera keeps zooming in on her butt like a perverted guy. Do you remember these? <laughs> no, I don't remember the specific ads. And then she keeps on saying, stop it. Ew. It's like if the camera's harassing her. There's a her. lot of things I don't like about yeah, this. Yeah, this is an upsetting commercial. Reebok Easy Tone shoes not only look fantastic, they'll help make your legs and butt look great too. 
It's the shoe proven. Now the camera just zoomed in, like, you know, kind of cinema verite style, zooms in on her butt, and she's wearing very short shorts. They're like uh, little, like, running shorts or something, right? Not yeah. Leaving a lot to the imagination. They'll help make your legs and butt look great, too. It's the shoe proven, dude to work your hamstrings and calves up to 11% harder and tones your butt up to 28% more than regular sneakers just by walking. Oh, it's back on our <clears> butt <throat> again. Excuse me. I take it you agree? Reebok Easy Tone with Balance Ball Inspired Technology. Better legs and a better butt with every step. That is so gross. Is it not gross? That is amazing that they're just like, oh yeah, up like here, Michael. a... a, a a camera person leering at a woman's ass is the pitch. Yep. Gosh, I can really picture the root the room where this idea was hatched. A real diverse. I bet it was a real <laughs> gender diverse yeah. room. Hey, Vives, you know what easy tone shoes don't do? <laughs> tone your butt and calves. <laughs> From time.com, though it did not admit to anything, Reebok settled a FTC charge and agreed to pay $25 million and promised to stop making claims that toning shoes or apparel strengthen or tone muscles without scientific evidence. Anyone who bought these items could submit a request for a refund. I feel like there were a couple of shoes that were uh, that tried to make this claim that would have like they had like very thick soles and sometimes like almost like a con- convex uh, shape to the sole mm-hmm. and the idea was that when you walk in them, you are essentially sort of doing a a calf raise every time you take a step. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they if easy if that was how easy tones look. They don't really go out of their way to show you what the shoe looks like. Actually, in this, they mostly just show you what her ass looks like. Yeah. Well, they do. Sh- this one is a little bit different. This one almost has that like weird platform at the at the front of it. Do you remember those yeah. shoes? I think Luke wanted them or had them as a kid. That, that like you were supposed to walk around in them, and they they were almost like high heels without a heel, sort right. of like platform under your toe and balls of your feet. Yeah, there's. I think there was a brief window in there where people where they where shoemakers were trying to get away with the idea that. A, a weird shaped sole could create uh, like a form of exercise mm-hmm. just by walking in. Yeah, them. yeah, and okay, that's always the dream, right? It's um, you know, you can get in better shape without actually having to change your lifestyle. Just wear these shoes, and yeah. you'll have a tight ass. Just uh, wear this uh, electro-stimulating belt around your waist, all <laughs> like while you watch TV. You know what I think about way more than I should. I probably think about this every time I make the bed. Now, in this house, we believe <laughs> that Genevieve usually makes the bed, but on the occasions that I make it, almost every time, and you know why now, too, is because often if I'm making the bed, our old man cat, Theodore, is in the bed, too, so I'm kind of making it around him, and I don't want to bug him, and so like I'll just make it as best I can, and I always remember... Growing up, my mom always had those kind of dumb morning show lifestyle shows on. You know, yeah. I don't even know which one it was. Local ones, national ones, who knows. But one that really like stuck Regis with Like Regis and me, Kathy Lee, that kind of thing. Yeah, only it predated that. Yeah. We're talking like early 80s. And I remember being a very little kid and being fascinated by some segment. This is maybe the only segment of the quote-unquote news that I remember from a kid. Um is some woman and I just I feel like they kept on teasing it too and then they finally had her on she came on the show to show you how you can make your bed without getting out of it it was just like 
for me as a kid, I hated making my bed and I hated getting up. So this idea that you can just make your bed around you. And Genevieve, I don't remember what it was. Like at the very end, she's like, gets out of the bed and folds over the last flap where she was sitting. It was just like the most ridiculous, the most ridiculous, I should say, soft featurey kind of thing on a live Boy, they were show. Really like this is like 1984, for 85 or something. And they just kept saying like, you don't have to leave your bed to make it anymore. And I remember even being disappointed as a kid being like, well, she eventually got out of it. What what was I expecting? Yes, what were you expecting? What was I expecting? I would love to actually do some internet that's like something to that, see if like, I could find it, but I'm sure it's that that comedian lost. Mark Proch would would, yeah. would pitch to exactly like, the guy who he's an he's an actor and comedian. He's been in a ton of things right now. He's probably best known for being in What We Do in the Shadows, but he would like punk for a while. He was like punking local news mm-hmm. by pretending to be a, a yo-yo trick expert, yep. and he doesn't. And and because people are just desperate to book anybody. He would get on occasionally like these local news shows and then he would come out and do yo-yo tricks, which he absolutely could not do and just kept and they kept trying to like give him runway to do do a trick, but he just couldn't do any tricks. These loom very large in the TBTL universe. I've got a couple of these here. We have a yo-yo champion on Hometown That's this morning right. today. Kate Strass, good morning. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. How are you? Good. good. And you go around to schools with yo-yos and, and show demonstrations, and you have a, a goal behind all this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I go around. I've been uh, teaching kids about uh, the environment. Um, actually, I've only been in one school so far, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll be honest, it didn't go so hot. Uh, in fact, <laughs> you know he's hitting his microphone on purpose, yes. too. He's just trying to be the worst he's guest He's being the, the worst. World. It was literally a major disaster. Oh, no. Because uh, basically the kids didn't like my stories, and <laughs> it's no surprise because they were running around uh-huh. most of the time. And I'm sorry, I think there's something to be said about how kids are brought up these days. And uh, I come from a home that believed in spanking. <laughs> let's, let's, how about you show us some yo-yo demonstrations? I mean, you are the okay. yo-yo champ. You brought a yo-yo with you, right? See, so you have the up and down. Okay. Okay. Pretty basic. Uh-huh. And then. Oh. Oh, you're right. He's terrible. <laughs> yeah. He's just let's, terrible. Okay, let's see. Yeah. So I. How long have you been practicing oh, yo-yo? Uh, since uh, oh god, when did? Since you were younger. Did, when did Schubert Dip come out? That's my favorite line. That's such a good ending. When did Schubert tip come out? Um, so anyway, there you uh, have it. Yeah, so that's that is uh, that sounds like a really dumb segment. Yes. All right. Um, I don't remember how we got on that, uh, but here we Shortcuts. are. Shortcuts. Um, I'll be honest with you, Vives. I don't fully understand what the complaint is here or how the correction feels addresses the complaint but Splenda you're a Splenda kid you I love am. your Splenda Splenda is the is the only um artificial sweetener that I like it is not good like sugar but it is zero calories and of the artificial sweeteners I think it's kind of the taste is the closest to sugar I do remember this ad campaign that we're about to talk about so maybe it was just like that I was seduced by the advertising and now I'm so used to it that it's like the only one that tastes normal to me. I don't think you were seduced by this particular commercial I'm about to play. It is so weird. It begins (laughs) with this little like cherub-esque baby or no, he's probably like a toddler, right? Like three-ish years old or something with an actual bow and arrow. And it's like some sort of like, 
I guess it's a fantasy that the kid is having, or no, maybe the the, the no, it is a, actually it's a floating flying cherub in somebody's backyard with a bunch of fairies and and floating hearts. Like this is the weirdest thing. It's not an animation, by the way. This yeah. is like an actual film thing, and um. And I think it's like maybe a, a woman is imagining all these weird, fanciful scenes while we hear this voiceover. Share the love. Pass the Splenda. Spread the sweetness. Splenda's the no-calorie sweetener made from sugar, so it tastes like sugar. By the way, that's the key there. Made from sugar, so it tastes like sugar. You're, we're seeing... Doesn't... There, it's one point we see somebody dressed up in a... In a, um, not koala bear, a but a costume. panda bear. Doesn't this almost seem like something that was going on in like a Jack Torrance's Flights of Fancy in The Shining? Um, I, don't think, I don't think it's like putting animals. out that vibe, to be <laughs> okay, honest. Yeah. Um, what it does put out is it's sort of a combination of an Alice in Wonderland feel, or, and there's like also a lot of Nutcracker in it mixed oh, well, in. Yeah, and music. it's very much a fantasy about sweetness. So there's like a lot of uh, cupcakes and sugar cookies and things. So if you have those reference points, like the Nutcracker is mostly about candy. Um, and also uh, Alice in Wonderland, there's a lot of like sweetness mm-hmm. um, and food imagery. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what's happening here. It's just sort of a weird amalgam of those ideas. There's like a a ballerina in a snow globe dancing. Mm-hmm. It's those kinds of things. And it's meant to evoke s- sugar and sweet things. It's definitely got a surreal quality it's to surreal, it as well. But it's surreal, but it's Here. not dark. No, so it's much. not dark like that. I just saw, like, I don't know, it's just a lot going on. And I There's saw a lot going a, on. I saw somebody in an animal suit, and I've just been thinking about The Shining a lot lately. Let me finish this commercial here. Spread the sweetness. Splenda's the no-calorie sweetener made from sugar, so it tastes like sugar. Almost anywhere you use sugar, you can use Splenda. You can even cook and bake with it. So don't be surprised when a neighbor pops by to borrow a cup of Splenda. I think that was a real game changer, too, the idea of using a sugar substitute in your baking. Yeah, that's a very powerful idea. And although I don't remember that specific ad... I do remember that campaign that um, it's made from sugar, so it tastes like sugar. And it and it's like they eventually changed it, I think, to maybe and we may be getting to this. I think they eventually changed it to it's made from plants. The, eventually they got there. This that wasn't their first step on the journey, though. And again, this because that's a more um, that's a more recent thing, I think. We talked about that brilliant commercial where a woman was talking as if she was uh talking about her like marijuana plant but it turns out it was her stevia plant or yeah something and then stevia stevia also tried to get on that maybe i'm thinking of stevia oh that was you know what plants. that's what it is you're you're that's what it is you're but, thinking of stevia because this says here that um the makers of equal sued over the made from sugar so it tastes like sugar slogan and they said that the company led consumers to believe Splenda was healthier and more natural than other sugar substitutes and eventually um uh a, a jury was involved and there was a settlement involved, but all of it was kind of behind closed doors. But they changed their slogan to it's made from sugar. It tastes like sugar, but it's not sugar. Originally, it was made from sugar, so it tastes like sugar. Now it's it's made from sugar. It tastes like sugar, but it's not sugar. It must be that last phrase at the end, but it's not sugar that calmed everybody down. I guess so. Yeah, they're really splitting hairs here. Um, and I don't take away from 
the it's made from sugar, so it tastes like sugar that's healthier. Um, I take from it that the like equals and um, sweet and lows of the world have a very chemically taste, mm-hmm. and that's that's what Splenda is able to to not do is is like that it doesn't taste, and that's I guess why I like it is that of all of them, um, it has like it has the least chemically tasting of these sugar alternatives. And I find stevia to be, all of them are sweeter than sugar is naturally. Um, like you may, you need much less of any of these sub- sugar substitutes to sweeten a beverage than you would of sugar to get the equal amount of sweetness. Um, but I find stevia to be too sweet. But yeah, I remember that I remember this campaign. And I actually remember um, finding it really like the idea that it was the closest taste to sugar was very compelling to me. It's interesting, you know, they never claim that there's sugar in it, but, um, you know, they say that it's made from sugar. It's such, so. a, it's such a weird difference to split, right? Yeah, and according to Time.com, Splenda's main ingredient is, oh, I never know how to say this word. I've heard sucralose. you. Sucralose. Sucralose. It's not sugar, and it's made in a laboratory. Sugar molecules <laughs> are made, are used in the process of making it, but the final product contains no sugar. Doesn't that remind you a little bit of the um, the Bud Light attacks on yes. other beer companies? We don't put corn in our beer, and they're like, we don't. Nobody puts corn, corn in their in beer. Our beer. We use corn as part of a process. It's some catalyzer there's no cor- Yeah, there's no corn in there. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, that's interesting. It's so interesting. We, like sugar molecules are used in the process. Like, yeah. at what point does it stop be- being sugar and start being Splenda? Mm-hmm. Or like, it, you know, what happens to the sugar molecules? Are they in there somewhere? Right. Like, it's so magical. Yeah. Well, that commercial was very magical. I vaguely, eh, maybe even slightly more than vaguely, remember this one back in the early two thousands. Um, if you were getting on an airplane, people would tell you, well, have you taken your Airborne? Oh, I remember this one. This was yeah. such a crock of shit. It was, I think, often in a powder form that you'd maybe put in a glass of water or maybe they were tabs. I think it came in various various forms. Maybe they were just tabs. Maybe I'm making that stuff up about the powder. But um, it was basically a supplement, and it was advertised as a miracle cold buster in a claim to fight off colds and build immune systems. And people really bought into this yeah. idea. I knew lots of people who uh, like really wouldn't fly without taking an Airborne. Right. And then the FTC, I believe, or no, 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 you know what? This was a journalistic thing. According to Time.com here, it was an investigation by Good Morning America. <laughs> After they got done showing you how you could make your bed without getting out of it, um, <laughs> they reported on the claims and they said that clinical trials weren't conducted by doctors. And a couple of years later, the company had to pay consumers $23 million in a class action lawsuit for making a claim that it actually prevented colds and flu when it wasn't actually a proven thing. Now, Airborne is still around, and that's what I found interesting about this is I remember kind of, like I said, sort of vaguely when this happened and you thought, well, I won't see it anymore. But no, all they did was they just started kind of advertising it more as a supplement for your immune system. So let's go back. This this old commercial I have here doesn't specifically say cold or flu in it, but it's pretty old. This is earlier than 2007. And you see a bunch of people on an airplane, a very big, wide airplane with a middle... Um, or no, no, maybe it's a regular-sized airplane. doesn't matter. Either way, a um, bunch of people are on an airplane and then... You know how when you're on the airplane, Vives, and you're hoping nobody sits down next to you or disrupts your whole vibe as yes. everybody's still boarding? Well, 
I and do you, know. You, I do know what that feels like. And you're you're sort of sizing people up a little bit. Yeah. You, you know, you're just eyeing. I'm like, oh, do I want to? That, that guy looks like he's going to talk to me too much. Like, yeah. please don't sit down next to me. This whatever. woman has a baby. Right. This person whatever. is yeah. like uh, bringing a lot of sticky snacks. Well, this is basically that. There's a bunch of people, just a bunch of normies on the airplane, and then somebody comes in, and this is a gross guy who's dressed like a big purple and green germ. Okay, just walking on the plane and then getting in people's faces. Call of the plane! Whew. All right, let's find a seat for me. Oh, yes, you're right back there, sir. He actually goes up to a... I wonder if this aired in Britain. Uh, everybody seems British. Um, he's, like, sipping out of people's wine glasses, uh, uh, like, just taking them right off of their little uh, their tray tables. Oh, yes, you're right back there, sir. Thank you very much. Ah, here we are. Ah! The eagle has landed. <laughs> germs are everywhere. Take Airborne, the immune-boosting tablet that helps your body fight germs. Remember, germs don't take a spring break. So save $3 on Airborne now. Just log on to airbornecoupon.com. The spring break thing, this obviously aired, you know, during the spring. There's a little add-on there. A big thing about these commercials, too, is it was like, they always claimed it was invented by a teacher. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, they weren't allowed to make the, um, the you know, the busting. Was cold it a teacher of immunology? Because otherwise, I'm not that impressed. Right, <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, no, it was a driver's ed teacher. Um, so here's how they updated it. Like I said, now they just advertise as a sort of supplement for your immune system in this commercial, which is, I don't think is airing anymore, but it's probably only like six years old or something. We see a woman, and she's kind of. I don't know, opening up the, the drapes of her room. And we, we're looking at her from behind, and she has actual holes through her Like Swiss body. cheese. Like Swiss cheese. Like death becomes her. <laughs> Swiss cheese style. When life gets busy, there are days when your immune system wants some support. Try Airborne. Each serving contains 13 vitamins, minerals, and herbs, including zinc, echinacea, ginger, and a blast of vitamin C. It's the easy, great-tasting way to help support your immune system. And then Airborne, in effervescent, chewable... Yeah, at, at the end, her husband walks into the kitchen. You hear the, you hear the sad trombones of another Swiss cheese... <laughs> um, body um so she gives him the uh, it looks like there's a whole bunch in this campaign too the, the the swiss cheese body campaign yes um but yeah just a supplement now you can always you know and if it has vitamin d you can say it has vitamin d you know when i broke my fingers a while back now a friend of ours who is in the medical profession said hey get yourself some uh get yourself some supplements, some like calcium supplements or what have you. So I went to the drugstore and I bought, like I didn't see like standalone calcium, but I saw like a mix of like calcium, vitamin D, and one or two other things. It's called bone strong. <laughs> I'm bone strong. So I've been taking it because I'm like, eh, you know, what's the harm? And I asked my doctor about it and he's just like, mm, like honestly, supplements. He's like, I mean, take it. It's not going to do any harm. But again he's like, and again, we he's hear like, this. You're going to get the vitamins you need. I mean, you'd have to be really living a, 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 a very substandard life to not be getting the amount of vitamins you need just from being in in a modicum of of daylight and eating food that isn't garbage total yeah. garbage yeah um i have had a doctor i've had multiple doctors tell me to take iron supplements um and those do seem to hmm. be helpful um because i was a little bit anemic for a long time uh 
so I think there are some, like occasionally something, and I've also heard somewhat anecdotally, but from people that I trust, um, that some that actually vitamin D is is not a bad idea. Um, that we we could all use a little bit more vitamin D. But I'm with you in general, like the whole wall of supplements and stuff mm-hmm. at the drugstore is mostly just hokum. Right. Yeah. I do take fiber supplements in addition to the iron. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I feel like iron is very specific and we do get our iron levels measured. Yeah. And if your doctor is telling you to do it, then that's one thing. And then fiber, you can see a direct result of that. Yes. Right? Like, um, okay. Nivea. Nivea. It's <laughs> like saying it. You've heard of Nivea. Oh, it's yes. a whole like line of of skincare products, right? Yeah, yeah, moisturizing mm-hmm. cream. That's how I first heard of it. They had a product called My Silhouette. Does that ring a bell to you? No. My Silhouette. They claimed that regular use of My Silhouette by Nivea reduces your body size. Don't believe me? Listen to the tape. We all have the memory of our feel-good silhouettes. Now bring it back with new Nivea My Silhouette. Its unique natural bioslim complex is dual active. It slims and reshapes within four weeks. Enjoy three centimeters less and feel good in your silhouette. New Nivea My Silhouette. Because beauty is a good feeling. Where is this airing? Because what accent is that? What accent is it? They use uh, centimeters, so it's definitely not here in the States. Although... They ran the claims in the United States as well because this is another FTC ruling. Hey, Genevieve, you want to guess what <laughs> Nivea doesn't do? I bet it doesn't improve your consumer body size. That's right. Who, After, how do they have the balls they show, to air that? We, they mostly show like kind of attractive women in various states of life, right? Like mostly like in bathing suits, and, bathing suits. And, and, and revealing dresses and... But when, and but when they make lingerie. the claim, you see a woman who's just like a real, just like a beautiful, hard-bodied woman with like a very flat toned yes. stomach. And she's like rubbing the, the lotion on her just incredible abs while the the swirling lines of science swirl yes. around her as she's rubbing Those this swirling lotion. lines of science the were very compelling. Lines of, but uh, how, could, how could they have had, I mean... They had to know that was just a total crock of shit. Well, Nivea really thought it worked. After all, it was a combination of anise and white tea. Oh, or right. anise. Is it pronounced anise or anise? I'm not sure. But, you know, the the anise, the kind of herb yeah. slash, um, uh, it's a root, right? Is it is it a root? I don't even know what I'm saying. But, I mean, I cook with it quite a bit, right? Yeah, I think right? it's just like, an herb. Yeah. Um, anyway, like, and, and that's what's in there. They agree. <laughs> They they agree to the settlement and say it was just a combination of those two things. So and then they so they agree to stop touting its bioslim complex. Mm-hmm. Um, did they keep advertising it as like I don't know what what else would they advertise it as? Just well, the fact that they are this is just one product in a whole like long line of them. I I don't know. I'm looking here to see if they even advertise if that's even. Um, on the market anymore yeah and it doesn't look no there's other there's other nivea products it doesn't look like my silhouette is mainstream anymore it looks like maybe some people are selling it online yeah you got to go on ebay to get your, my silhouette now so if you have one product genevieve that is claiming to make your body smaller what about a product that claims to make part of your body bigger. By now, you've probably seen those Extends TV commercials. You know, the simple pill that can actually make a man larger and increase performance and pleasure regardless of age? 
Well, I saw these commercials over and over and I thought, performing better? Well, that could be fun. When I saw that they had sold over a billion capsules to millions of men all over the world, I decided there might be something to this Extends pill. When he told me he'd bought some Extends and what it did, I thought to myself, this could be fun. They really like the, this could be fun. <laughs> you know, maybe we'll have more of that old spark, more excitement and spontaneity. So, give Extends a try. You have nothing to lose, but a lot to gain. We're so size. sure Extends will make you larger. We're going to give you a week's supply absolutely free. All you pay for is a postage stamp. If Extends didn't do something pretty amazing, could we afford to do this? <laughs> Call now for your free week's supply of Extends. You have nothing to lose but a lot to gain. I love the logic. You might be surprised how much fun you're going to have with Extends. I love the logic of like, could we put could we could we put up this crappy right. advertisement if it wasn't a hundred percent true? Right. How would we ever afford the airtime? Turns out, Genevieve, hey, hey, Vives, you know what Extends doesn't do? <laughs> it doesn't make a man larger. Well, it hadn't been clinically tested, that's for sure. There's yes. no credible scientific evidence that was ever presented for the male enhancement product. In 2010, Extends had to pay a $6 million uh, class action lawsuit for misleading customers. Products, commercials like this raise a lot of questions. I think the Biggest question, though, is why is the Z capitalized in extends? Just it's so the it will look, second to last so it will letter look of the word. Extra shitty, as far as I can tell. I just don't get it. It's spelled capital E X T E N capital Z E, which makes it look like Extensi to me. R me too, right? <laughs> and I mean, we talked about a similar product called Enzyte yes, um, a, a couple weeks ago yes, for I the Bob thought of Show. That. Yep. Which was uh, very similar in its misleading advertising. And then that guy actually went to prison. Yeah. Although it wasn't because of the advertising. I don't think you go to prison no matter how misleading your advertisements are. He went to prison because he was essentially embezzling, I think, mm -hmm. from, from the company or, mm -hmm. or like or committing tax fraud or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the deal. I feel like we learned a lot today. But the thing that we learned that's the most important is if you're ever under deadline and need to produce a podcast <laughs> find a 10 year old slideshow <laughs> from timemagazine.com and let them do the work for you well i do think that this uma ad was a kind of a good starting place because they are very elliptical about how much you pay mm. and what you get for that price even to the point where the big made the the main joke of the ads that Uma's having this flirtatious relationship with um with the user of of this product is like it's so it's super unclear to me how the product actually functions in a home because it's they they go to great pains to say obviously Uma doesn't flirt with you like this or whatever but does it talk does at it all? talk at all if there's they they are so elliptical about showing you how it actually works what uh you know what is it that actually it doesn't say anything about how it actually interfaces with your existing technology what subscriptions to the internet or whatever do you need to be paying for to make these free calls why do you need a special why do you need to pay 150 dollars plus monthly fees to do voice over ip you can just do that mm -hmm. with a computer yeah yeah i mean it's still gotta be you just got a voice over ip phone handset they make those do they don't they I don't. I don't know. I. I don't think so. I mean, the weird thing about voice over IP is almost all phone lines are that now. Anyway, if I were to yeah. get a, um, 
if I were to get a quote-unquote landline, I would probably get it through Xfinity as I have in the past. And as a lot of people know, that comes in through your your modem and your cable box and I guess your, your router because it's all the technology now if a phone call comes in. Remember, we had a landline for a while. We did not have any phone connected to it, but they just insisted that like, well, you got to get the triple play feature or package in order to get the best deal from it. It was such a runaround. And we never had a phone to go along with it, but we'd be watching TV and then also <laughs> say like call coming in from Boston and be like, well... I don't know what we're supposed There's to do with no that. There's no way for us to accept this call. <laughs> yeah, were we exactly. so inclined? And, sh- and since we don't know what our own phone number is, chances are we don't really need <laughs> I know. Isn't that funny? Really to think that we have a phone number yeah. that probably comes into this house? We don't anymore. I got rid is of that. How'd that. you get rid of it? Turns out a double play package was fun. <laughs> Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. Hey, Vives, have you already read this um, email from Dan? I did read this email okay, from Dan. Okay, cool. Then will you read it here? Because yeah. I feel like it's a good transition. Um, this is in response to uh, our discussion about the hard seltzer uh, ad campaigns and how we were, how disappointed we were to realize that the uh, Bon and Viv seltzer, which kind of presents itself as being founded by two women. I mean, literally, the first big Super Bowl commercial was yeah. I mean it was also a fantasy they were underwater they yeah, were I knew they mermaids, weren't really mermaids but, but they introduced themselves as Bon and Viv the founders of this company yeah I mean it was very misleading speaking of um, and Dan says hi Genevieve and Andrew I listened to your hard seltzer show this afternoon and enjoyed it as usual Andrew I always you, this is why you're, you shouldn't do the fa- the feedback section because I always cut out the needless sucking up Oh, really? I, yeah. like to, I, add, I add some. He didn't even really say that. Yeah. Uh, later in the day, I realized that one of the commercials was bonkers, and it made me mad. It was the Bon Viv seltzer one. I was making rice for dinner, reading the bag of rice while it cooked. On the back of the bag is a nice story about how the rice is from a family rice farm, and they work hard, and they love the farm, et cetera, et cetera. And then it dawned on me, and I thought... What if the family farm story was a fabrication? Mm-hmm. Just like the Bon Viv seltzer. Wouldn't that be messed up? Mm-hmm. What if I had actually bought some Bon Viv, not knowing it had been invented by some schlub and not two entrepreneurial women? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this verges on false advertising? I actually do. Yeah. Because I, especially in this day and age where, yes. I mean, that, that story of, hey, we're two young women who had an idea and we brought it to fruition and we've... We're now to a place where we can actually advertise uh, uh, during the Super Bowl to let you know about it. Like there is something compelling there in an era when people want to support businesses that are run by women and people of color. Yes, there's a there. It is a there is a non-zero chance that people bought uh, Bon Viv Seltzer thinking that it was that they were supporting two women, two female entrepreneurs. Many of us want to support black-owned businesses, for example. How irate would you be if? Um, a product advertised itself as having a black CEO or black founder and you come to find out that was just an actor who was hired by the white uh, founder. I mean, I they that would be, I think that would like be a huge news story. Well, I agree. I'm trying to think, was there a real cultural conversation around this or was it something that always just struck me as odd and maybe we talked about it on TV or on uh, After These Messages. What show is this? Um, Popeye's Chicken has a spokesperson yes. and who's been doing it for about well, 10 years now. Yeah, she's right? very associated with the brand. Yes, and she's an African-American woman and I believe she even uses terms like my chicken, yeah. right? And I'm pretty sure. 
but she's not the found. It's just kind of this implication, right? It is. I don't think there's any indication that this woman, that that woman, is the owner and or founder yeah. of Popeye. They don't specifically say it, but it always rested a little bit funny with me. I don't know what the background of that company is. I always assume that that company is just a big corporate company that's owned by a bunch of white guys who are getting rich, right? And then, and I know that this isn't a unique case, but I just seemed like there was something specifically about her saying "my chicken." Yeah, I that agree. It's, it's sort like of an it's, edge case. You know, it's a kind of an yeah, an edge case. Um, I had that sandwich for the first time over the holiday weekend. When you say that sandwich, the Popeyes classic chicken sandwich that was like. So it kind of kicked off, in my mind, the chicken sandwich wars mm. um, that have been going on low these many years. Um, and I'd never had it before because there just hasn't been a Popeye's near me mm-hmm. uh, where it was convenient. I get it. The hype is deserved. It yeah. is so good. And I was not following that. You you follow the chicken wars, chicken sandwich wars, much yeah, more been closely a, than I've I did. Been a, You're you know, a soldier. I've been embedded in the chicken war, mm-hmm. chicken sandwich wars. Looks like Alvin C. Copeland Sr. is the mastermind behind Popeye's, a chain of restaurants specializing in spicy New Orleans-style chicken. Um, but uh, I, I'm trying to like kind of learn about the, the company on the fly here, which isn't going to work. But um, yeah, so I didn't know. Did I pick up this weekend where you talking to somebody about the fact that they made, did they go to this, the false scarcity thing where they had this very popular chicken sandwich and they stopped selling it for a while? Um, we spec, our friends and I uh, were speculating that that might have been something that they did, that they like brought it back. I don't recall that being their ad campaign, but not not because I don't think that that's true. I just don't remember it. Mm. But they may have done something where they like sort of new coked it, where they brought back this sandwich and like were able able to make a big hullabaloo about it mm-hmm. and get people reinterested in it. But yeah. I will say, I've tried a lot of fast food chicken sandwiches, and this really um, they were smart. They were smart to whatever they needed to do to get people reinterested in it because mm-hmm. it is extremely good. Mm. I'm looking at a picture of Al Copeland here. He looks sort of like um, Frank Stallone. Oh, interesting. Frank Stallone. Yeah. Not Sly. Right. Like mm. lesser. Okay. Mm. A lesser Stallone. We got another email related to the seltzer conversation, right? Now, I have not pre-read this one. This is from listener Bree? Yeah, this is from listener Bree. And um, this is kind of interesting. She was she says uh, that as a suburban mother of two who watches carbs, right there with you, Bree, um, I am a pretty obvious adapter of the hard seltzer craze. Being a Colorado native, we are pretty snobby here about our beers and microbrews. And many of the local breweries have gotten in on the hard seltzer train as well. Um, She said, while drinking a hard seltzer from one of these places, Great Divide Brewing Company, I noticed that the label looked weird. It appears that they actually put a type of label, like this hard seltzer label, over a can that was originally intended for one of their beers. Uh. Um, And I think this is so interesting. And she sent some pictures that I don't know if it's because there's an aluminum shortage um, or demand for the hard seltzer is so high that they decided to just put their efforts into the seltzer over the beer. But either way, I thought it was interesting um, based on your convo from this week's show. I think that is interesting. And, Andrew, um, we can post these to the Facebook group. But it is crazy. Like, you can see she has sent us two pictures of this, like, ruby red hard seltzer that this uh, company makes. And then, like, a shadow underneath it, you can see whatever the beer brand that it was yeah. going to be in this in this can. And I am curious, like, 
it feels like something it feels like a supply chain issue to mm-hmm. me like i know that cans do get get wasted sometimes and like they get printed on and then like can't be used for whatever reason but clearly this is a can that is usable for putting pressurized liquid in uh, or carbonate. And it's a, clearly a, a relatively local brewing yeah, company, right? So, I so it's wonder, not like Anheuser-Busch can just like throw a crate of these out and not think about it. Like. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe they like realized that they needed. But I mean, I do wonder if there is um, maybe some kind of supply shortage because we're seeing that in so many industries right now. Like the, but the pandemic just threw the whole world supply chain out of whack. So now I'm confused, though. Did Brie say anything nice about the show that you cut out <laughs> or did Bree just not bother saying anything nice about the show i guess you'll never know Bree, email me directly after these <laughs> messages show at gmail.com let us know what you think of the show please i'll read it all um speaking of false claims or um puffed up claims i love this from Ter- uh, Teresa. Uh, she says i'm reading a book about the history of vitamins um specifically how the marketing of vitamins in food and supplements began, evolved, and spun out of control. It's called Vitamania. It's by Catherine Price. And the book describes how in 1936, Schlitz Beer advertised Mm. that they added vitamin D to their beer. Mm. It was called Sunshine Vitamin D Beer. And the tagline they noted in the book was, beer is good for you, but Schlitz with Sunshine Vitamin D is extra good for you. <laughs> well, this sounds like a breakfast beer to me. It's a real breakfast beer. Yeah, that's a real good point. I love so she sent included this um like this print advertisement. It's a black and white illustration like from some, you know, you can really see it in like a uh Saturday evening post magazine mm-hmm. or something. You've got a well-heeled couple. They're clearly on the deck of a a cruise ship or something or or a boat. And the copy, I love old ad copy, mm-hmm. you know, like there was so formal, so formal, so overwritten, so much writing. Like it was like practically every ad was an advertorial. So I just want to read this to you. Um, this is Schlitz, the beer with sunshine vitamin D. That feeling of radiant health enjoyed on a breeze swept deck. The sense of bra- of what is it? Bracing, bracing, invigoration and fresh vitality are captured for you in each sparkling foam-capped glass of Schlitz, the beer with sunshine vitamin D. It gives you the cooling tang that Mm. soothes the heat-frayed nerves and awakens jaded spirits. It gives you sunshine vitamin D, that priceless source of vigor and refreshment that lives long after you set down your empty glass. Modern living, clothing, hours spent indoors are in the shade. Rob us of sunshine benefits, even in midsummer. <laughs> this is like something out of like Doctor Strangelove. Like your vital, your vital yeah. fluids are yeah. being sapped by yeah. your clothing. Yeah. Um, Schlitz is Schlitz in, in brown bottles or cans gives you the sunshine vitamin D, so important to health and vigor. Plus the old time Schlitz flavor and bouquet mellowed to ripe perfection under precise enzyme control. All caps. Uh, and at no increase in price. Oh, so it's this, getting this vitamin D for free. Yeah. Beer is good for you, but Schlitz, the beer with sunshine vitamin D, is extra good for you. Drink it daily for health with enjoyment. Uh, Joseph Schlitz Joseph Brewing, Schlitz Brewing Company, Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The beer that made Milwaukee famous. Uh, that is hilarious. Yeah. I love that copy, that ad copy. That's why I drink beer every day. <laughs> I love that we really did all coalesce around a theme yes, today. Yes, it was Almost weirdly. Almost everything is just kind of like, what is, 
what are these claims people are making? It's all about the false claims and, yeah. the, and the puffery. I know. So much puffery. <laughs> you can sell anything. You can sell anything. All right, good times. Thank you for finding a listicle. Yeah. <laughs> Genevieve, please. A decade-old listicle. Excuse me. Thank you for Let's finding a decade-old listicle. No, this was great. I, I think, you know, we enjoy advertising, and we obviously we do a show about it every week, but... Um, I mean, so much of it is just horseshit, you know? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> yeah. a lot of it's horseshit that they can never mm-hmm. get called on mm-hmm. because it's, like, it skirts that line. But our horseshit has vitamin D. Yes, exactly. Um, so, sunshine vitamin D. Sunshine vitamin D. All right, everybody, if you'd like to join the conversation, find us on Facebook. Just look for After These Messages Show on Facebook. That's where a lot of these uh, conversations came from. Also, uh, After These Messages Show at gmail.com. I think... I think I slurred my words. After these messages show at gmail.com is the email address. And Vs, what's the phone number? That's 607 444 5597. That spells 607 444 5597. All right, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, dip. is once again back again with the caravan of Mancess from Pakistan. Karachi, Posse, Zaki's, Poppy. Uh, Red Octagon.